Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Welcome. Today we'll be talking about being in the here and the now. We live in an age of distraction, yet our quality of life hinges on our abilities to pay attention to the present moment. Life moves so fast, yet time is a luxury. And it is it enough? It doesn't have to be full. So next time, take a breath in the now and say, there is enough time to relax. Pausing in time and living in the present moment. Abraham Lincoln once said, I don't know who my grandfather was. I am much more concerned to know what his grandson will be. Ooh, that's nice. That's like a, that's a, I mean, it's a be here now thing, but it's also like don't cling to the past kind of thing. Not that it's not important, but that it's not, it's not relevant in this moment. I think that it's important that we intentionally make the decision to slow down and be present uh, because we do, we get swept up in the minutia of the everyday. And uh, like we talked about last episode, you know, it's experiences and, um, you know, the regrets when you die were not that you, you know, should have spent more time worrying or paying your taxes. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like this kind of plays nicely off of um, our last uh, podcast. And, you know, I I love to use this app called uh, Pranayama. And you can, uh, it has a cadence for your breath. Oh, And um, they have like a beginner, intermediate and advanced setting. And you can do uh, retention, not have retention. And um, it's amazing to me if I set it just for five minutes and do a two-second inhale, four-second exhale, that's six seconds. And some days that six seconds seems so long. And that lets me know, as you said, kind of getting caught up in that minutia of, you know, what's happening with my energy. Right. Now, as you were saying that, is that one that has a visual? So you breathe and it it does. It has a, it has a, like a like person sitting in easy seated pose. And what I like about it that I use um, when I'm teaching is that it shows the respiratory system. So oh, you nice. see, you know, the esophagus, the lungs, the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. And so as it's telling you to inhale or exhale, you can see the direction that your organs move. So I like that visual for it. Um, and then I also like how it paces out um, the cadence and it says ohm, uh, at the beginning and ending. So, you know, but this is the inhale, this is the exhale. So I feel like I'm getting a lot of things wrapped up into one little package. Yeah, a lot of feedback. <laughs> That's cool. We should put a link to that. Um, is it a pay for one or is it a freebie? Yes. I think you do pay for it. It's been so long. Since oh, we should I still put a little link to the app store, um, but I think the, the full version, there's a cost to it. Yeah. Okay. 
So, you know, just coming back to our essence, that it's allowing our, our massive egos to become a little smaller, right? Right. Well, and taking the moment, like this so ties into the pranayama episode um, of self-inventory, you know, make an appointment with yourself. Take the time, um, you know, pranayama, we were like, take the time and breathe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here, it's more about, okay, well, what do you do with that time while you're breathing? You know, being present. And a lot of our um, practices, a lot of what I do with people is experiential in the moment, being present and the practice of being present, noticing when the mind wanders. So typically... You wander either to the, all the things in the future that you have to do, the to-do list or what you've got going on tomorrow or next week or the thing that you're looking forward to. Or you go back in time and go over, you know, that dumb thing you said in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going back over oh, what you should have done, what you could have done, all of those things. Um, but being present is just, oh, what am I experiencing right now? Yeah. Like, where am I at right now? And sometimes it takes like the silliest, I'm going to use that term loosely, but like the silliest thought of, you know, what do I feel physically? You know what I mean? Like, is my, is my butt going numb in this chair or, is, you know, <laughs> where's my breath at? Um, what are the sensations that I feel? Yeah, you know, yeah, I bring people into their body into into sensation a lot to bring them to present moment. Mm-hmm. And I think our uh, like a daily gratitude practice allows me to have a visceral change, so I can go from that negative to that positive, mm-hmm. and um, it helps me seek the now matter and how big or small it was. You know, because sometimes that that perception of the mind, as you said, can run away into the past or into the future. Mm -hmm. And so that daily gratitude helps me stay, oh, no, you know, this did happen today in the present moment. It it helps me stay a little more um, grounded. Ram Dass uh, has a, a quote that says, the next message you need is always right where you are. Nice. He is the... The master of the be here now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it, again, it's it's um, you know, it helps us think about uh, we're not our thoughts, and our life unfolds in the present. Sure. And in the present, it is all, but we really um, have control over, right? Our choice mm-hmm. in the moment. And um, I guess that's the art of the flow of mindfulness tools, you know, to get us in the present moment more and more. Right. And as we bring up the term mindfulness again, um, one of the things that, that comes to mind for me is purpose. So doing something with purpose. You can mindfully do the dishes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about getting caught up in the minutia of daily life. You can mindfully fold your laundry. Mm-hmm. And you can even, if you want to, practice gratitude while you do it. Um, you know, you could be thankful for your clothing, for keeping you warm or, um, for having such a nice wardrobe or for, you know, these kinds of things, or even, um, for me caring for other people. Sometimes my mindfulness practice is that I'm grateful that these people like, yes, I'm doing my son and my dad's laundry and it's a lot. 
but I'm grateful that they're healthy and that they're alive and, you know, that I have them in my life yeah. to do their laundry. Uh, Technicon has a book, uh, it living, I think it's called Living in the Present Moment. Okay. But it reminds me of one of the teachings when I was first introduced to that was um, he was talking about um, our thoughts, right? And we can change our thoughts. And uh, he had used the example of, you know, you have dinner on your dinner plate, mm-hmm. but then do you wake up the next day and eat dinner off of the same dirty plate? And I thought that was so profound because no, of course I'm not going to do that. I want a nice clean plate. But yet in our mind, we look at um, tasks or, or um, problems that we need to solve in our life kind of with that dirty plate all the time. And how often do we, you know, take a moment to ground into the present moment and look at it with a fresh new plate? Right. And that you, you're, you still have to do what has to be done. Yeah. Which comes back to what, what, um, we were talking about is intention, right? Right. And, um, I, I had the joy of listening to, um, uh, Malika Chopra. Uh, she was talking about her living with intention book and I had the joy of, um, listening to her present on that book. And, um, you know, it's the same thing where we, you know, think about grounding in the moment with um, like Veronica Zador taught me yoga capsules, right? Mm-hmm. And taking those little yoga capsules that we can place throughout our day and, um, you know, how profound those little five minute capsules can be to help us stay on purpose with intention. Yeah, that was a, a really insightful insightful talk as you were speaking um i was thinking about the parable and this is so this is me not being mindful okay so how about this how about our podcast is full of uh fun little (laughs) little bits where we get to be very real um and i try to uh be present and be a good listener And then my mind wandered as you were talking and I was thinking about the parable of um, chop wood, carry water. So what does one do before enlightenment? Chop wood, carry water. What does one do after enlightenment? Chop wood, carry water. Like the job is the same. It's the appreciation of being present. And then I realized that as I'm thinking this, you are still speaking and I'm not being present. <laughs> so isn't that fun for um, being human? Well, uh, Cheek Semniha in his, his book Flow, right? I mean, it's kind of what just happened, right? Uh, we think that we want kind of like this straight line life, right? Mm-hmm. But some of that kind of overtasking or the mind kind of, right, not being present and listening helps us find our, our flow, um, and so I think that that's kind of always interesting to remember that, you know, we do need just a little bit. Just to rein it in. Just to rein just it in. Just a little but bit. But see, the act of noticing that the mind had watered is actually an act of mindfulness because you were aware that I was still talking <laughs> and you went someplace different, right? <laughs> so I had to be mindful and pull myself back. Um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a practice, right? <laughs> We're all here yeah. to, to practice. Um, 
as we were discussing the idea of the being here and now, um, one of the things that, that you had in the notes was, you know, fulfilling the basic human needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're met, then happiness is there. Um, which, of course, you know. Uh, I think it's important, too, to talk about what those basic needs are. Like, okay. So for me, basic needs are food, shelter, clothing, educa- education, um, health care. What, what do basic needs mean to you? Well, I, I have kind of a psychology background. So to me, when I think of needs, I think of Maslow's hierarchy mm-hmm. and that there's, you have your basic ones, which, you know, you have to breathe, you need food, you need water, um, sex, sleep, all the things you need to like maintain homeostasis within the body. Those are the bare minimum for survival. And once those needs are met, met then then you you move up to like safety. Um, that's when you're looking at like health, property, you know, things like that. Once those are established, you move up to friendship, family, intimacy, then the self and esteem and self-respect, and then you move up to self-actualization, which is more like creativity acceptance, spontaneity. So to me, when I think of needs, these are all needs, but I do think of it in that pyramid form of you really have to meet the baseline first before you can move up to the next thing. So to to find... um, you know, spontaneity, creativity, kind of those self-actualized needs, you really have to kind of develop a little bit of confidence, respect for yourself, respect for others first. And and to get that respect for self, respect for others first, you really have to have a developed sense of friendship or family or relationship with other people. And in order to develop a relationship and with other people, you have to feel like you're secure um, and that your needs are being met. Mm-hmm. you know, on those bottom rungs. So when I think of needs, I, I do think of it in that pyramid style. Um, and yeah, the each one, as you kind of move up and your needs are met, you're happier or so, more content. So if I, I just want to see if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, you're suggesting that there's a first a layer of ethical precepts that you develop in yourself before um, you can successfully have food, shelter, clothing, intimacy. Connection. No, it's the other way around. Okay. So you, if you don't have food and shelter, how are you going to have a self-esteem? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a self-esteem, how are you going to develop meaningful relationships with others? So mm-hmm. you really have to start with the basics. So at the bottom of the barrel (laughs) is where your basic, basic needs are met. We all as human beings, Mm -hmm. just as mammals, we need air. We need food. We need water. Then we need shelter. We need some security. Then, you know, uh, family relationships. It's not. And I like that because it gives you a sense of safety. And that Mm -hmm. then brings down the stress level. Right. Which then allows you to grow 
further. Right. Which I think plays into your idea of when the needs are met, then happiness, you can, you can be more present. Yeah. yeah. Because your you needs can are achieve met. happiness and being present. Sure. If your needs are not being met, you are in a state, a one state or another of stress and fight or flight. Yeah. And that reminds me of a movie that I watched, Happy. Have you ever seen that movie? Um, I feel like I might have. Was it a documentary? Yeah, it's like a documentary, but they talked about these um, basic needs being met and, um, you know, that that sense of safety and community and unity that that creates. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were several examples from varying countries and cultures um, and people's, uh, you know, experience about it. We could put that in the show notes. Um, Yeah. So this desire or quest for attaching to things that you can, that's never ending. So, you know, one of the things um, that someone had gifted me early on was, you know, decide what your enough is. Enough how so? Well, what is your enough for your income? What is your enough for um, the level of living that you want to live in? Um, you know, is it a teeny home? Is it a McMansion? Is it that you want to make 50000 or you want to make a million dollars? You know, what is your enough that, you know, you would be comfortable at? Mm-hmm. And in determining what your enough is, it kind of gave um, gives some freedom away from, you know, always kind of like, you know, striving, striving, that success thing where we were saying, you know, our society kind of um, puts a lot of value on that. And so mm-hmm. we find ourselves in that, that rat race. Um, and so determining what your enough is allows you to, de- you know, kind of sit and evaluate other parts of your life for balance. Okay. Well, as, as you were saying that, so like, um, for example, I read a statistic recently and I can, I can find out where it is and put it in the show notes, but, um, that like the income for people in the United States to be happy is like 75 grand a year. And then once you get up over like 150 grand a year, nobody is more or less happy. Mm-hmm. But from poverty to 75, 75 seems to be the area where happiness actually occurs. If you make less than that and you work your way up to that, you can, um, I don't want to use the term buy happiness. You're not buying happiness, but your lifestyle, the the money affords you to be happy. And then after like 150 grand or so, you just hit this plateau between 75 and 150 where no amount of money makes you any happier. And so then no matter how wealthy you get from there, Mm -hmm. then there is no happiness. So I could see like when you first said, what is your enough? I was like, the world is infinite. <laughs> Why would I put a, a ceiling on how wonderful my life could be? Um, well, there are many millionaires who aren't happy. Right. No. And well, and when you say that, like having a clear boundary for, okay, well, what realistically makes me, what would realistically be? be happy for me, mm-hmm. you know, and it could be something as just being able to afford. I'd love to be able to afford to take a vacation every year with my yeah. family yeah. and not go into debt right? to do it. I mean, that seems, you know, I'd love to make just enough money to pay every bill on time. Yeah. You know, and that's a relatively, 
when you think like, like you said, McMansion, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's a relatively what feels like a more attainable goal. So I see what you're saying with that versus having like a sky's the limit. If you have the, what is your enough and your goal is like, okay, well, what would it take for me to do that? I think you'd really have to factor in all of the the hopes and dreams that you have. But I do think that that is a realistic way to set that goal and feel that. Yeah, I think it's a way to start to evaluate it. Um, and it reminds me of something. Uh, I, I love quotes, by the way. <laughs> I can, <laughs> you can, can tell. tell, right? Can tell. Wherever you are, be there. If you can be fully present now, you'll know what it means to live by uh, Steve Goodyear. And, um, you know, I think that if you can toy around with, you know, what is my enough, then you can actually be in the present moment to live, to understand. Again, it's, it's another boundary to give yourself permission, um, you know, to live a little more balanced. Nice. I, I do like that. I, it's kind of all coming together yeah. <laughs> with uh, all your little quotes. Please give me another. Yeah. <laughs> I might have one more, but I anyway. might. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, in, in thinking about this stuff, you know, Cheek Semniha was probably the first time that I had looked at positive psychology and, um, you know, kind of looked at you know, I want to control things, but really, do I have control over everything? I want relaxation, but then when I relax, I get bored. You know, I want to be have empathy, and um, but, you know, I, I begin to worry. And, you know, I want arousal, but I also don't want to be anxious. And, and kind of like exploring those opposites, right, that, mm-hmm. that spectrum. And where can I manage all of that again to find my flow to be in the this where do you find that balance that's yeah that state of of being present i i like the thought of that a lot um it brings in a lot of the things that we've discussed previously into a nice little package of being present being mindful, breathing, being in the body, all of, all of the things that we kind of embody within our practice and what we try to share with others kind of comes into this idea of being here now mm-hmm. because there is no other place to be. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's the only thing that's guaranteed. Right. So all we have is this present moment. Well, you know... It was in my 40s, uh, but I had some things happen. And uh, what was interesting is that owning a business, you know, you're trying to live in the now, but yet you mm-hmm. have to plan out almost 12 months or oh, more, sure. right? Yeah. And so as a business owner, I've struggled with that. How do I be in the present? But yet I'm spending so much time planning for my business out here. And so I have found it difficult to um, manage my mind Mm -hmm. to not always just be in the future, but to also, you know, stop and savor the present moment. And um, it was interesting. I had this hiccup in my life and I had all my blogs planned out for the previous year. And uh, so the new year kicks off. And uh, I have this change in my personal life. And what was interesting is all the blogs were about transform and upgrade your life, become a better lover, you know, all these things. And, you know, which was really about self-love, right? About, you know, changing some things. And 
And I remember a friend coming and saying, you don't have to write these right now. You can completely change this, these topics. This has to be extremely uncomfortable for you to write blogs about this. But then, you know, I, I went back and I was in therapy and my therapist was like, somehow you knew a year prior that these were things that you were going to have to address this year. Right. Almost that you projected it. Yes. Yeah. And so then it became um, almost like a journaling process for me to um, look at these tough subjects that that I needed to do um, to grow. So, you know, it's helped me improve my communication. I've had um, different relationships uh, with people. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of brings up like, how can I now witness and observe myself moving through, um, traumatic experiences rather than just Mm -hmm. getting lost in them? No, I, I like that. And it's, it's interesting how you projected that and your ability to accept and just go with it. I commend you for that because you could have said, nope, you're right. I'm not dealing with this right now. <laughs> Head going back in the sand. Well, and you know, you- well, this time when it happened, I was like, you know, I walked, I remember walking into my therapy session and I'm like, okay, like this is really big. Mm-hmm. I recognize that it's really big, but I also recognize that I can determine the amount of suffering that I want to go through with sure. this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I know that, you know, I, I have areas that I need to grow with. Um, and so that, that did show growth, right. It, it reminds me of that poem, you know, I, I've found myself in this hole before, right. And <laughs> it's a very familiar hole and I know I can get myself out. <laughs> right. No. And you know, at, in that, the projecting of the future and in the thinking that you always have to be 10 steps ahead, or that you should think ahead. Um, you were looking at it from a business perspective. I was thinking about it from a family perspective. So raising children is very similar in that you have um, hopes and dreams and aspirations for the future that you want things to go successfully like you do in business. But you also have to plan for if things don't. And how you handle these things um, is very much determined by how present and conscious you are. Um, because just as you could have stuck your head in the sand and not dealt with personal stuff, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think the same thing can happen from a parenting situation. Um, and I mean, this, this is also, you know, relationships in general, mm. but, but being conscious and aware, uh, when things are happening and not just adhering to, well, when this happens, X, Y, or Z should happen because that's the script that I was given. Mm-hmm. Um, you did the same thing kind of, and, and business is very similar as well. You know, you plowed through and you covered the topics that you needed to cover that you wanted to do to support the business right. while the personal life was going through the things that you have to go through it. You have to balance yeah. both and see both through, but to do it without blinders on, to kind of do it fully present with what's going on. So, yes, it's more painful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely consciously is not aware, but subconsciously somewhere I did know. Right. right. Um, 
I was in tune to, you know, these were needs thinking that they were the business needs. Really, they ended up being my personal needs. Right. Yeah. But the fact that you, like it, they coincided and then you were able to continue to see them through. And I found that with um, parenting, it's very similar. If you can be present, regardless of what is thrown at you, Mm -hmm. the worst curveball that's thrown at you, um, instead of following into scripts or instead of following into how things are supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can really um, consciously work through those problems because when you're a parent, you, you have to deal with your child's issue yeah, or whatever thing comes up that you have to tackle, well, but you have to deal with yourself too. Like simultaneously yeah, oh, you yeah. have how your personal. And, and I remember sitting in the, in therapy and saying, I feel like such a fraud right now. Mm-hmm. And my therapist said, but here's this thing, you're human. And here's a, an opportunity for you to model for your clients how to handle this. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it makes me think of getting dirty, right? I got to model the getting dirty. <laughs> right. <laughs> and still, you know, come out strong with that. Right. Good, because there's growth. Yes. And, um, yeah, so you had human growth. You obviously had, you know, business growth as well with that. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, it to, catapulted me into uh, grad school. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, what I'd like to do is, is end with one last quote, since this was a very quotey, uh, episode. <laughs> a very quotey episode. <laughs> uh, Alan Watts, I've realized that the past and the future are illusions that they exist in the present, which is what there is and all there is. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. So join us next week. Uh, We're going to move into a topic that isn't uh, related to any of the koshas. It's just a fun one. We're trying to throw a fun one in there every six, seven episodes. This one is uh, regarding alternative medicine and integrative health. So we just want to talk about some of the things that we are into. So tune in next week for that. Uh, Go to the websites for all the resources. We talked about a lot of different things today. Um, You'll be able to download all of that information. Don't forget to visit our social media. And remember that some exciting extra content opportunities are coming soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, where the lotus grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, where the lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.